Well, if you'll recall, over the last few weeks that I've preached on a Sunday night, and that was probably going back a month or so ago, we've been dealing with this passage of Scripture here in 2 Corinthians chapter number 4, and we've been speaking about warring against weariness. And uh, we used the term last time, burnout. You know, burnout is a term that we hear. We've just kind of come through Christmas, and now school is back in session, and maybe now you're in in your job, and maybe you're back into the flow of things. I don't know about you, but when I worked out in the secular world, it seemed like from January to May were the longest months, you know, just because there was no no holidays other than maybe, maybe if your company gives you Good Friday off, or maybe that Monday, the company I worked for, we didn't have Good Friday off, we didn't have that Monday off, so it always felt like the beginning of the year, you know, you kind of stock up all your vacation towards the end of the year, and so you're kind of, I call it just kind of the, 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 the hump of going through the beginning of the year and everything, and so January through May just seemed like it drug on forever. And so maybe work is back into full throttle for you. And, you know, sometimes if we're not careful, we can get weary with different things in our life. And it's one thing to get weary. Uh, Maybe you bump the line with burnout, maybe in your job maybe in your sports or maybe with a certain recreational activity or maybe you get uh, you battle burnout with a friendship or maybe paying the bills or maybe community responsibilities. That's one thing, but it's a whole different animal when that burnout or when that weariness can creep into our faith. It's one thing when we are burned out in our ministry or when we're burned out in serving the Lord. And I'm not here to say that that doesn't happen from time to time. It can happen to all of us. And so we've been looking at this thing of warring against weariness. And we looked at uh, several things. Number one, we looked at how we have a responsibility. If you look at 2 Corinthians 4 and verse number 1, it says, uh, Therefore seeing... We have this ministry as we have received mercy, we faint not. And so to those who are saved, to those of you that are redeemed, to those of you that have been made new because of that, we have a responsibility. Paul says we have this ministry. And you know, God didn't just save us just to go to heaven, but he saved us to leave us here to be a light to the world around us. Just like the choir saying, you know, the world derides God and the world defies God. But hey, may we stand up and say, hey, that's my God. I'm not going to be ashamed. I'm just going to proclaim it. I don't care what the media pushes. I don't care what the, the news talk show says about my God. Hey, that's my God and I'm going to make it known. God left us here to be a witness to others. We have a responsibility. Along with that responsibility, verse number two, we looked at where we are to be steadfast. We're not to faint. We're, we're to be separated. We're to be scriptural. We're to handle the word of God uh, 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 with, with great care. We're to be soul conscious. So we looked at we have a responsibility. Then we also looked at the fact that we have a reason. We say, well, Brother Mark, what's the reason? Very simply put, there are lost people all around us tonight, people that you work with, people that maybe you are in the marketplace with, or maybe people that you see at the, the hospital or the, or the gas station. They're all around us, so we have a responsibility. We have a reason. And then also we looked at a few weeks ago, the fact is that we have a resource tonight. Aren't you glad 
that we have a resource. We said that this thing of burnout is kind of a term that comes from rocketry. And when that rocket begins to lose its source of fuel, it will just crash and burn and go down to the ground. And if we're not careful, if we don't to, to, to refill our tank and we don't uh, stay close to that source, what's going to happen? We're going to burn out. Verse number 6 and 7, it shows where it says, For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So God has shined in our hearts that if we're saved, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Aren't you glad that Christ is inside of us? He, he, he's our hope of glory, the Bible says. He's the reason for it all. He must be preached about. He must be sung about. He must be testified about. He must be talked about. He must be bragged about. He must be lifted up. He must be taught about. He must be applauded. Hey, just like the choir saying, that's my God. Let's lift him up. The Bible says in John 3 and verse 30, it says, the snow fell. Um, it says, he must increase, but I must decrease hey let's lift up Christ it's not about you it's not about me it's not about any one particular person it's all about him he must be exalted we have a resource a treasure on the inside when maybe we are worn out maybe today you had a rough day on the bus or you had a rough day in Sunday school or maybe you had a rough week and you just think I don't know that I can go on. I don't know that I want to go on in this Christian life. Hey, let me encourage you. Get to the resource. I used the analogy a few weeks ago about a fire and how that fire will go out if you don't add some fuel to that fire. If you don't add the wood to the fire, that fire will go out. So we have a resource and then that brings us to tonight number four and we will close this series up tonight number four we have or we should have a resolve we should have a resolve let me read verses number seven through 18 of second corinthians chapter number four it says but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of god and not of us Paul says, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore speak, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus, and shall present us with you, for all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God, for which cause we faint not. But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. 
For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look at the things which are seen, but at the things, but, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Boy, that's a good passage of scripture. Let's have a word of prayer this evening. Dear Lord, I pray that you might help me, Lord. God, bless my voice, Lord. You know I'm going to struggle with that tonight. God, help me to get through it, Lord. I pray that you'd use me, hide me behind the cross tonight. Lord, I pray that, Lord, I don't know the hearts of those folks in here, Lord. Maybe some of them, they're wondering, how can I go on? How can I keep serving in my ministry? Lord, help us to, to war against weariness today and throughout the week, throughout the year, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We've been talking about warring against weariness. You know, I want to encourage you, when you are warring against weariness, be careful not to withdraw. Be careful not to to give up. Be careful not to abandon. Be careful not to to throw in the proverbial towel or to go AWOL in the midst of battling burnout. Be careful not to bail out. We all face that temptation. Paul exhorts us here. He says, hey, have some resolve. Have some fortitude. Have some uh, uh, just stick-to-itiveness, as you might say. Keep pressing on. Keep marching. Keep living for God. And he gives us in this scripture three reasons why we should have resolve or how we should be resolved. How do we juggle all the issues of life? How do we get through it? Number one, I'd like to say that we must be resolved in our perspective. We must be resolved in our perspective. You may want to punch a neighbor next to you and say, hey, this might be just for you. Better yet, you might want to elbow somebody and say, hey, time to wake up. Have you guys ever heard of the joke of the preacher one time? He was preaching away, just just shelling corn and everything. He looks down, and he saw somebody sleeping. And he said, hey, brother so-and-so, why don't you wake up, brother so-and-so? The guy looked back at the preacher and said, you put him asleep, you wake him up. You know, so hopefully that won't be the case tonight. But to verses number 8 through 11, Paul deals with the idea of perspective. Did you pick up on it as we read it? There's some tension there. There's kind of a, a, a black side to it and a white side to it. There's a kind of a, 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 a contrast. There's a, there's a struggle between two reality. Paul's really here. He's not sugarcoating anything. He uses four words to describe uh, this perspective and how we should have perspective. Look at verse number Uh, Verse number 8, it says, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. So the word trouble, that appeals to our feelings and our emotions. He says, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. He says, we are perplexed. That refers to our mind. He says, we are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, uh, but not forsaken. You know, how many times have I read this scripture and I just dwell on the part about being troubled and about being perplexed and about being persecuted and about being cast down? But Paul's saying, hey, we might be all things, but we're not, we're not, to, uh, we're not distressed. We're not disp- in despair. He says we're persecuted, but not forsaken. We're cast down. But hey, we're not destroyed. Hey, can I encourage you? 
you this, this evening, maybe it feels like the walls are just caving in on you. Hey, can I encourage you? You are still saved tonight. You still have eternal life living inside of you. One day you will be on the other side. What does that songwriter say? This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. Hey, no matter what happens down here, let's just remember we're just passing through. We're just a, a pilgrim moving on through this weary land. Let's be honest. Once you're saved, problems don't go away. We see in verse number 10, there's this contrast between death and life. And we, we in our Christian life, at least I can, I can tend to think that, uh, you know, life has to be either a bed of roses or maybe some thorns. But really, in reality, it can be both. You know, the glass doesn't have to always be just half empty. It can be half full. You know, if you're going to ultimately win the war against weariness, our perspective needs to be such that the Christian life can have the roses and the thorns together. Now, we don't want it to. I don't, I don't glory in trouble coming my way. I don't ask for it. I don't want it to come my way. And I'm not sure about you, but for me, it's easy to be pessimistic. It's easy to see only the bad that goes on. You know, it's kind of our human nature to, to, to look on the negative. And I've used this analogy before, but I'll use it again tonight. How many of us, you know, maybe in your marriage, maybe in your home, maybe in your ministry, how many of us are like the person we see somebody with a T-shirt on and maybe it's all white and there's one little speck of ketchup on it? What do we all focus on? The ketchup. And that's so true in our life. Maybe God has blessed us way beyond measure. We've got so much to thank him for. We've got so much to praise him for. And then one little trial comes our way and we get our eyes fixated on that. I'm not trying to belittle anybody's problems tonight, but hey, may we focus on the, the 99% white, the, all the goodness of God in our life. Hey, may we do that in our marriage. Maybe you've got a spouse and if you're not careful, you'll focus in on that one little speck, that one little shortcoming that they have. Or maybe you've got children and by and part, you've got good children or you've got good teenagers. And if you're not careful, you'll focus in on that one little thing that irritates you and you'll drive it into the ground and you'll drive a wedge between you and your children. Hey, let's focus in on the whiteness of the shirt. Let's focus in on that. How about in your church? Boy, if we're not careful, we'll focus in on one little problem that maybe you know about. Not, not aside maybe the, the ten other ones, but you'll focus in on that one problem. You'll think, boy, the church this, the church that. Hey, can I encourage you? We've got a good church. That church is 99% white. And it, has, it does good. It runs buses and it baptizes people. And we see people walk the aisle and be saved. Hey, we've got a good church. How about your job, your living quarters? Hey, let's be thankful. You know, if that's you or that's me, it's real easy to stay worn out and just kind of battle burnout and nothing is ever right. So some see only the bad. Now, this, this next group of people, they, they really they annoy me. The people that just see good in everything. I'm like, anybody like that in here? You see good in everything? No one? Boy, those people, if I'm around them for about three seconds, I'm like, you need to be locked up and put up in a padded cell somewhere. You know, it's just not normal. But you know what? Even those people, and I'm joking, but even those people, the one time they're going to run into a brick wall 
and then they're going to war against weariness. They're going to battle burnout. You know why? Because things are not always going to be a bed of roses. You don't have to try and reconcile those things in your mind. Life is not always going to be grand. Life is not always going to be bad. But you know what? In God's world, in God's economy, those two can exist together. Even on your bad days, you can still have joy. Even in the valleys of life, you can still know that he is a good shepherd. And he is. Paul says, yes, you and I will face tough times, but stay balanced in your perspective because of the scriptures. Even in your hardships, there is still hope. Even in your trials, there is still triumph. Even in your valleys, there is still victory. You might be here today and maybe you feel defeated. Maybe you feel fatigued. Maybe you feel exhausted. Maybe you feel weary or burned out. Hey, can I encourage you? Maybe we realize God has not forsaken us. He's still with us today. He wants, he's not dead. The Bible is still alive. The church is still on its way up. We ought to be honest enough to see the bad, but happy enough to see the good. We must be resolved in our perspective. You know what? The devil has a way of leading us to only focus on just that 1%. Hey, let's realize, let's, let's, when the devil comes and jumps on our shoulder and says, hey, do you know about that in your child's life? Do you know about that teenager? Do you know about law? And he just goes on and on. Hey, just kick him back and say, hey, I'm going to focus on the good. I'm going to pay attention to the whiteness of that shirt. Hey, the devil wants to sell us a, a bill of lies. God's working all things together for his good. It's easy for us to see God work, and he wants to work good things for his good. And we sing that song. God is good, God is so good, but you know the truth of the matter, it's not just through the good things that God works, it's through the bad things, and honestly, he works through all things. He works through, as we know the Apostle Paul, he works through the prison cell, he works through the persecution, he works through Paul being cast down. If you were to flip over, we won't do that tonight, but to 2 Corinthians 11, we see where Paul goes on and he lists some more bad things. He begins to talk about the stripes, the whippings that he's taken. He, he took five different whippings about 195 times. We see where he was beaten with rods and he was stoned and he was shipwrecked and he was hungry and he was thirsty and he went through coldness and he had no clothing at different times he went through all kinds of perils but you know what through all of that through all that turmoil look what he says in 2nd Corinthians 12 and verse number 9 here's what he says is it not up there oh it's come there it goes and he said unto me my grace is sufficient for thee for my strength is made perfect in weakness most gladly therefore will I rather glory in mine infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. You know what he said? He said, my grace is sufficient. God's, Paul says, hey, God's grace is sufficient. I, worked, I looked up that word sufficient. You know what that word sufficient means? It means fit or able of competent power. Hey, can I tell you tonight, God's grace has competent power in your life. It's fit. It's able. It's able to help you. It's able to encourage you. His grace is sufficient. Hey, may we be resolved in our perspective. Number two, let's be resolved in our purpose. In our purpose. Look at verse number 12. It says, so then death worketh in us, but life in you. We having the same spirit of faith as according as it is written. I like what he says here. He says, I believed 
and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. That what Paul's doing, he's actually quoting a verse over in Psalm 116 and verse number 10. He said, Psalm 116 and verse number 10, he says, I believed, therefore have I spoken. I was greatly afflicted. Paul says, hey, I, 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 excuse me, David here in this psalm, he says, hey, I'm going through it. I'm being afflicted, but I'm still going to speak of the glories of God. I'm still going to declare his goodness in my life. David was in a very difficult time. He, was, he testified even though during that he went through the sorrows of death and was all around him and there were pains that were all around him. Yet he says, hey, I, I, I'm afflicted, but I'm still going to speak. Paul says, hey, we also believe and therefore speak. Hey, let me encourage you. Don't ever silence your tongue. Maybe you're going through something tonight. Don't silence that tongue. Still praise him. Still tell people how good he is in your life. Look at Psalm 107 and verse number 2. He says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. The choir sang, bless the Lord, O my soul. You know what they were doing? They were praising. They were saying, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Hey, God uses our adversity for the blessing and benefit of others. You know, God can use trials in our life to help others. 2 Corinthians 1 and verse number 4, it says, Who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. I kind of mentioned it this morning, but you know, God can take a bad experience in your life and help you to help others, help you to bless others. Hey, let's be resolved in our purpose. May we realize that people are watching us. Our children are watching us. Our spouses are watching us. Our co-workers are watching us. They might just experience God's grace in their life because of your testimony. You show up to work on Monday morning, maybe you got a bad call from the doctor on Friday, but you show up to work on Monday and you say, hey, here's what I hear, here's what I've heard, here's what I know about my life but I'm just going to keep on serving God. Sometimes you don't even have to say anything. Sometimes all you do is you just, boy, Wednesday night you're still at church. Sunday morning you're still at church. Sunday night you're still at church. Why? Because you're resolved in your purpose. Hey, hey, let's be resolved for, his, for our good and for his glory. I think I can't help but think of the story of Job in the Bible. Job lost it all. He lost his ten children. He lost his possessions. His friends come along and say, Job, do you not know that God's sending all this your way because of sin in your life? You've, you've failed God and now God is punishing you? What good friends he had, huh? But the end of the book, you know the story. God doubles everything in his life. Why? For what? For a testimony. Job says, hey, I'm not, I know my Redeemer still lives. I'm going to keep on being faithful to him. That's a testimony. And now, some 6,000 years later, we read about Job's life, and his testimony is still there. Hey, if Job can go through all of that and make it, we can too. We can go on for him. If we're going to win against weariness, we have to be resolved in our purpose. We have to be resolved in our perspective. I'm going to come in for a landing now. Number three, we must be resolved in our promises. Look at verse number 16. It says, For which cause we faint not, but though 
our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. And then look what Paul says. He says, for our light affliction. All that Paul went through, I don't know about you, but I've never been whipped. I don't know about you, but I've never been stoned. I've never been put into prison because of preaching the gospel. But Paul went through all that, and he says, For our light affliction, which is but for a, what's that next word? Moment. Hey, this is just for a moment what we're going through. And then he says, here's what it does. It worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal. Hey, can I encourage you, members of Woodland Baptist Church, let's not be so earthly focused. Boy, we can be so guilty of this toy and that toy. Hey, let's lay up treasures in heaven for him. Let's give on. Let's put it on the other side. Boy, let's be resolved in our promises. And then he says, uh, but the things which are not seen are eternal. I see two things under this where we should be resolved in our promises. God promises us every day renewal. What does it say? Verse 16, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. You know, the truth of the matter is we try, some of us maybe, we try and renew the outward man. Maybe you try to eat healthy. Maybe you try to exercise. Maybe you try to walk or jog or run or lift weights or whatever you do. Maybe you try to get a decent night's rest. Paul said in Timothy, he said, the bo for bodily exercise profiteth little. And as we get older, we realize the outward man is perishing. I think it was Taylor Sutphin asked me earlier today. We had a youth activity yesterday along with the college and career and I decided I want to try to act like I was 20 years old. And so I got out there and played dodgeball and played volleyball. And it really wasn't super intense, but I felt it this morning. Taylor asked me, he said, are you sore? And I said, yeah, to tell you the truth, I am. And he, I said, are you? He said, no. I said, well, that's the difference between 19 and 44, you know. But we realize that the outward man is perishing. We need everyday renewal the inward man hey let's renew that inward man every day god has fresh mercy for us why because we need his mercy we need his goodness look at lamentations 3 and verse 22 it says it is of the lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not verse 23 they are new every morning great is thy faithfulness you know, they say medically and scientifically that, you know, when you have a fever, it gets the worst at night physically. But, you know, sometimes that can be true spiritually. We get home from a day's work. Maybe we're in some spiritual battle. We get home, and at night, boy, we just want to throw in the towel. And then you get up the next morning. You walk with God. You read your Bible. You pray. And his mercies are anew. And you think, man, I can keep going on. I can keep serving him. God promises us everyday renewal. So he promises everyday renewal, but he also promises us eternal 
reward. The Bible says the things which are seen are temporal. We battle, we see things that are temporal. We see weariness. We see burnout. We see the economy. We see the, the job reports. We see the politics. We see the social media. We see the culture. We think, boy, I, that just wearies me. That, that, bur- that gets me burnt out. Why? Because they are temporal. We look at the things which are seen, but how are we going to face it? Hey, let's renew that inward man. I think of the choir song that they sing, I can't see God, but I know he's there. He is ever faithful, hearing every prayer. And though we wait, we are in his care. Hey, we're in God's care tonight. I can't see God, but I know he's there. There's the promise of everyday renewal. There's the promise of, uh, of, of uh, 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 eternal reward the eternal reward for the children of God. Boy, God promises us if we'll be faithful, he'll give us the crown of life. He promises us eternal life if we've accepted in him. Boy, let's be resolved in our promises tonight as we close. Let's be resolved with all that goes on in our life. Hey, let's just say, I'm going to just keep on keeping on. Number one, we looked at we've got a responsibility. We've got a reason. We've got a resource, and then tonight we've got a resolve. Let's be resolved in our perspective. Let's be resolved in our purpose. Let's be resolved in the promises of God. As we close out this series on warring against weariness, let me ask you, how is your resolve tonight? Has something got you discouraged? Has some disappointment come your way? Have you got into a feud with another brother or sister? Have you got into a feud with somebody in ministry? Have you, have you lost uh, uh, maybe the, the awe, the wonder of it all? Hey, let's be resolved. Let's, let's realize, hey, God has a, a reckoning for us. Hey, I want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Brother Jonathan, it's good to see you. I just looked over there and saw you, but it's good to be in church. Tonight. Hey, boy, let's have resolve tonight. Let's have every head bowed and every eye closed.